Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from misusing magic to modest mummies. And today we're covering Maglubiet. Hey Brian. Hi Will. We're back. Magluviet sounds like a like a sticky pudding or whatever. Mm. That's like a, a British like tapioca. dessert. Yeah, tapioca. Okay, that's interesting. Well, he's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we've actually talked a bit about Magluviet. Uh He's he's unavoidable to talk about whenever you talk about goblins, and we've covered goblins, bugbears, and hobgoblins. So he's come up in every single episode. I love the hobgoblins episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, but today we're actually talking about the man himself, Maglubiet. Okay. So Maglubiet is the lawful evil deity of destruction, war, and tyranny. He is most notably known as the chief deity among all the goblin kind, uh, just the goblin kind. It's probably uh, been so. a long time since he's come up in the show. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, by goblin kind, I, of course, mean goblins, hobgoblins, and bugbears. He rules the goblins and their pantheon with an iron oppressive fist. He is known as Fiery Eyes, the Mighty One, the High Chieftain, uh, the Lord of Depths and Darkness, the Battle Lord, and the Iron One. That's uh, quite a catalog of names. True. His symbol is a bloody axe. Oh, there, there it is. <laughs> He's infamous for his strategy and cunning on the battlefield, his dedication to orderly warfare, and his absolute ruthlessness. So, I mean, in short, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maglubia is depicted as an 11-foot-tall goblin with skin as black as pitch. He's extremely well-muscled and has sharp talons on his hands and feet. Where eyes should be, he instead has fire. Okay. Um, it is said that... Mag- fucking which rad. Is, which is why he's called Fire Your Eyes, yeah. It is said Maglubia wields a mighty coal-black battle axe that endlessly drips with blood. Kind of just like Grumsh's blood spear. <laughs> okay, cool. Which also drips endlessly with blood, uh, which is fitting since they are bitter rivals. 
okay. So they're just like it's just similar enough. <laughs> yeah, they're super similar. We're gonna get into it. Okay. So let's just, yeah, let's just keep going. So it isn't stated where Maglubiet came from in the first place, but it is known that he originally was not God of the Goblins. In time immemorial, goblins, hobgoblins, and bugbears were separate distinct peoples with separate distinct pantheons, but all that changed when Maglubiet attacked. <laughs> <laughs> he conquered all those who rose against him, mortal and deity alike. He slayed every single goblin deity, uh, except for one, subjugated the two major bugbear <laughs> deities, and left alive among the hobgoblin gods only those who would bow to his will and his plan to bring the goblinoids to glory via the warpath. So the goblins were super segregated before Maglubiet came. Yeah, they were super separ- segregated, and their their pantheons were more nuanced mm-hmm. before Maglubiet, where, like, like, with the orc pantheon, like, all the orc gods are mostly evil. Yeah. But with the goblin pantheons before that, like, there was good goblin uh, gods, neutral goblin gods, but all those got destroyed because they didn't jive with Maglubiet's plan. Okay. So, yeah. Moving on. Cool. So deities like Noma Gaia, god of war and authority, and oh, gosh, saying this is going to be difficult, Kurgor Bayag, god of slavery and oppression, are the types of deities that joined Maglubiet's cause that he left alive. Kurgor Bayag. Yeah, those are the types of gods that were like with with him on his ship. Okay. So uh, the goblins got it rough because now Maglubiet, along with his dark pantheon, subjugate all of goblin kind, driving them to war and conquest and preparing them for an afterlife of, afterlife of eternal strife and battle. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, not cool I mean, for that, the goblins. No, but. I mean, uh, well, is it? Uh, aren't they just, aren't goblins down for this um, shit? Some are, some aren't. Like, they don't really have a choice. And so most goblins and hobgoblins are fucking miserable. I mean. Because their gods suck. Nobody cares, right? What Does do you anybody mean? care how goblins feel? Is that a thing? Well, yeah, a lot. That's another thing that sucks for him is like, yeah, most people don't care what, how goblins feel. <laughs> <laughs> so when Maglubiet finishes his conquest of the goblins and their gods, uh, he established a strict hierarchy to his new subjects and worshippers. To the goblins, Maglubiet taught fear. He placed them at the bottom of the hierarchy to serve as slaves, cannon fodder, scouts, and soldiers. He taught the bugbears the practicality of cold brutality in order to hone their wildness and power to something of use. Bugbears serve in the middling of the hierarchy as shock troops, ambuscades, heavy labor, and tanks. Mm. In Hobgoblins, Maglubiet saw the most potential. To them, he taught discipline, tactics, and warfare. Hobgoblins sit at the top of the hierarchy, serving as captains, generals, battle mages, and the main military host. Yeah, because they wear regular armor, like a regular warrior. Right, exactly. They're like, yeah, they're like badass soldiers. They're super goblins. Super goblins, if you will. Yes, it's true. So, as with most evil deities in D&E, Maglubiet's end goal is universal domination, uh, via conquest specifically. Okay. Uh, starting with his home plane of Acheron and spreading from there. As such, his dogma and will bend his followers towards this purpose. Maglubiet revels in both conflict and destruction. He pushes his followers to wage war. To the goblins, Maglubiet calls them to increase their numbers and overrun their enemies. To the bugbears, Maglubiet calls for them to obey the call to the host of war and to emulate their father gods who obey Maglubiet's will. Okay. And to the hog goblins, Maglubiet calls for them to wage war on the grand scale, bring enemies to their knees, raise empires, and expand territory in Maglubiet's name. Okay. So that's the, the whole strat right there. Yeah, the that's whole... the whole strat put together. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So as one would imagine, Maglubiet is a rather unpopular deity with very few allies. Um, He has garnered the ire of the pantheons of the elves, the dwarves, the gnomes, and the halflings as he regularly rages war upon their various peoples via the goblins. Right. Um, But the greatest of Megalubia's foes is the chief of the orc pantheon, Grumsh. 
Hmm. So despite one being chaotic and the other being lawful, these two have a bit too much in common to ever be allies. Uh, both are war gods who demand conquest from their followers. Both hold enmity against all other deities. Both are trying to raise an endless eternal army to invade other planes. And they happen to be neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> are they, Is this a, uh, the regular D&D formula of self-neutralization? Exactly. Okay. They, they, they keep each other neutralized. So. I actually really have really come to appreciate the plot hook where it's like, well, it's been this way for so long until, and then and there's, your, there's there your campaign is. hook. Exactly. Until McLuvia gets the upper hand and suddenly Grumsh is on the run. Until <laughs> uh, the, he figures out that he can just like flood a, a room with all the blood from the axe. There we go. Drown the enemies. There you go. There it is. So both Grumsh and Magluviet make their home on the infernal battlefield of Acheron. And here they send endless wave after wave of orc and goblin forces against each other. An eternal struggle. Um, Magluviet calls his goblin forces the army of immortals and allows any goblinoid who has proven their worth in life to join this army of immortals in death. Magluviet marshals a well-organized and strict hierarchical force against the chaotic hordes of the orcs in the hopes of bringing the orc gods to heal. This war has been in a bitter stalemate since time immemorial. Is Magluviet like Davy Jones? Is he like part of the ship, part of the crew? Join my immortal boat crew? No, Let's no, go. Not Let's really. wage war upon the seas. Yeah, I mean, no, because it's not like a part of the ship, part of the crew kind of deal. It's well, like, well, they're in. It's, it's kind of that- like Dark Valhalla, basically. It's oh, like if you're yeah, worthy, yeah, yeah. you can join my army of immortals. And in Acheron. Is, is the Blood War just like going on adjacent to this? So the Blood War takes place in the Nine Hells and the Abyss. So that's not. What is Acheron? So Acheron is the lawful neutral slash lawful evil plane of existence. It's one of those like in betweeners. <laughs> so it's between the lawful neutral plane of Mechanus and the lawful evil plane of the Nine Hells. Okay. Uh, and and devils and and Eugaliths uh, and stuff come here all the time. It, oh. it is an evil place for the most part. <laughs> Super evil. But it's more about like lawfulness and evil. I don't even know what Grumsh is here, quite frankly. But <laughs> but he is. What the Grumsh is he even doing what there? What the Grumsh is he even doing there? <laughs> um, yeah, Acheron's a weird place because it's basically this... Eternal void uh, full of these enormous metallic cubes. And these, yeah, I mean, by enormous, they're anywhere from like the size of an island to the size of a continent made of metal. And like everything, every, all the cities, all the people, they exist on these cubes. And so like Grumsh has his own cube, Magluvia has his own cube, and like they invade each other's cubes. It's weird. <laughs> Let's take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm hey everybody welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about that last thing but we will kind of in a weird roundabout way will we uh yes we have um <laughs> thank you to everybody who listens to the show if you can hear the sound of my voice you can also hear the sound of my love <laughs> hmm Say it, Will. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I love you guys, too. <laughs> that was the longest silence. I was just like, is this the sound of his love? I could be. Okay. Everything I make on the Dungeon Cast is imbued with love. All right. Much like Mistress Weave. That was the last episode. Was I'm last allowed episode. to talk about that here. Um, <laughs> we are making changes. So it's November now. Well, not when we're recording this, but when you're listening to it, this it is. Yeah, it or should be it could almost be the second week of November. Like any time after. Right? It's either yeah. November or like an infinite amount of time after that, as long as like this podcast exists. That's in also true. The world. Yes. So we are going to our annual Patreon exclusive uh, item. custom item is changing. Yeah. We are going to be officially retiring the shout out to Dima Gorgon mug. It has already been retired uh, by the time this airs. So mm-hmm. October 31st was the deadline. Anybody who came into the $20 tier before that was um, uh, scheduled to receive a mug. And that's that's going to do it, folks. Thanks to everybody who came out and got yourself a shout out to Dima Gorgon mug. Will, thanks for making the art on that. It's really oh, yeah, cool. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that new item. Yeah, that new new. So everybody that's in the twenty dollars tier, um, you guys are gonna get re-upped pretty much. Um, I think by December we'll probably uh, be sending mugs out mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. anybody that. Uh, so, well, mugs. Let's 
we're changing the item. It's not. Did we say a mug? It's not going to be a mug anymore. I is think it? it is. Oh wait, you no, no, it's not. We're uh, okay. So the new item for what is it going to be? Twenty twenty now for the twenty dollar tier mm-hmm. is going to be a what the grumpsh t shirt, which we are working on a design and yeah. we'll reveal shortly. Yes, we're we're getting some artwork. <laughs> uh, you know, all prepped for getting a new shirt printed. So yeah, it's going to be a what what the grump shirt. Um, we're also going to be rolling out a brand new tier. Indeed, which we are is, uh, above the thirty dollars tier. Do we have an? Or uh, above, sorry, tier. above the twenty dollars tier. It's going to be a thirty dollars tier, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's actually going to be almost like a dungeon cast loot subscription of some kind. Uh, almost in a way. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of a uh, uh, what's it called like a when something proceeds to get better and better the longer you're in it. Mm. There's a word for that, and I can't think of what it is. It's but I'm sure scaling. someone in the comments will say exactly what that word is that yes. I'm thinking of. Anyways. You will get a exceedingly better prize for every two months you're a part of the thirty tier, $30 tier. The first prize that you will get is a Dungeon Cast pin, a custom pin that we've made. Yeah, and that's going to be on sign up. Like once you, yeah. I think, I think on you jump in and we're going to send that. you a Dungeon Cast pin. Um, I've, I've received the prototype pin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, they look fucking cool. The second item you will get will be the What the Grumpsh T-shirt that you. Yeah. will get with the $20 tier if you go that route. But if you go to the $30 tier, you'll also get it. And then the next prize you'll get is a One the Grumpsh mug, which will be completely exclusive to the $30 tier. And finally, the final prize you will get is a Dungeon Cast baseball cap. Yeah. So pretty much like if you guys are interested in supporting us long term, um, this is a way to continue to give give back to the community that is, that is helping support us. Um, we do have expenses that come with the show. Um, we try to make upgrades to make the show better, um, and it, it really has made our lives easier, um, thanks to you guys. Uh, we really appreciate all of the people that uh, got the shout-out to Demogorgon mug. Um, you guys are freaking awesome. If you stick around, you'll get the What, what the Grump shirt, and if you upgrade to the 30, you'll you'll get the shirt, but you'll also get those other three items um, as you... As you um, Progress. Clock time. Yeah. And then it'll pretty much work the same way as a $20 tier where annually we will change up all the items that are going on. Yeah. So the $30 tier will get new four new items every year. Yeah. And with that being said, I think we can get, get back to the episode. Oh, uh, catch our contest, which is either uh, just about <laughs> to end or... Yeah. Well, let's see. When this episode airs, yeah, they'll have a little bit of time left, at least a week or so. Yeah. So if you want to win a copy of the new upcoming Eberron book, Eberron Rising from the Last War, for 5th edition D&D, all you have to do is share an episode of our show, SuperQuest Saga. Um, If you share it on any social media outside of Twitter, just send us a screenshot. If you share it on Twitter, just use the hashtag SuperQuest. And if you share it on Instagram, Brian has some rules set out there for you. Yeah, uh, if you go to Instagram, there's a post with the cover of the book. Um, just follow the rules. Follow those rules that are in that post. <laughs> okay. you, you, you tag two people, you recommend SuperQuest Saga. Hopefully they go check it and out. we will be announcing a winner on the 19th of November. So yeah. best of luck to so, all of you. So yeah, please help us spread the word about SuperQuest Saga, our D&D 5e live play set in space where we kick ass. Uh, let's get back to the show. Let's do it. Last we spoke about Magloobiet, we were talking about uh, his many, many enemies. We've returned. Oh, yes, we've returned. Oh, I've not fully returned. Okay. okay. Headphones are on. We've returned. And last we were talking about <laughs> Uh We were talking about his many, many enemies. Um, yes. 
And it's easy to get many, many enemies when you're when, a giant asshole. When you're a fucking asshole. If you have um, a bleeding axe, uh, it makes paladins just like really shake with the murder itch. Yeah, shake with fury. Righteous fury. <laughs> righteous, righteous smite fury. But Maglubiet also has some allies. And amongst Maglubiet's allies are only the gods of the Goblinoid Pantheon. Yeah, and, I was going to say they're probably goblin-based, right? Yeah, okay. and most of those alliances are marred by disdain and abuse. So okay, yeah. You have... Oh, God. I'm going to struggle with a lot of these names and I'm going to do the best I can. So, the first god is Bargraviek, the peacekeeper. He serves Maglubiet by enforcing peace between all goblin tribes. And then there's Kurgorbeag, the overseer, is a one of the leaf... One of the chief lieutenants of Maglubia secretly plots to overthrow him. Okay. Um, that tracks with like tons of, there's always yeah. one of these mother truckers up in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this one uh, specifically enforces the slave culture of the goblin kind. Mm. He's he's the god of slavery and oppression. Okay. So just what he does. Then there's Nomog Gaia. Gaia. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Nomad Gaia, the general, is Magluviet's top lieutenant and a truly subservient ally, unlike the other two. Okay. Um, he guides the hobgoblins just kind of in general. He, like, he gives them all the, like, he's kind of the liaison between Magluviet and the hobgoblins, where, like, he teaches them all the orderliness and structure and discipline that Magluviet wants instilled in them. Okay. Then there are the brother gods of Grankul and Hrugek, who are, like, the two bugbear deities. So the mm-hmm. major ones, anyways. Um, and they're generally allowed to roam free and do whatever they want. <laughs> okay. But uh, under one um, um, caveat to that, it's they must heed Maglubia's call to war when he demands it. Oh, and, okay. And they must teach the bugbears to do as they do so that the bugbears must heed the call of the hobgoblins and the hobgoblins call them to war. So it's pretty much like go be yourself until I tell you until otherwise. I need you. Yeah, okay. exactly. And then it's time like, to... Like, I love what you do, and I want you to do it for me, so do what you do, but then when I call, come do it for me. Yeah, when yeah. when the time comes, pick up that morning star and come <laughs> swing it on my enemies' faces. Right, exactly. All right. So we also were talking a bit about Acheron uh, before the before the break, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a silly place, but Acheron is a plane made up of enormous metallic cubes floating in an infinite void. It's made up of uh, D6 blood damage that never got used. Yeah. Now, the cubes are called cubes, but they're not all cube-shaped, like a lot of them are cube-shaped, but they're just general floating metallic, metallic shapes out in space. It's all the <laughs> it's all the metal dice you never bought yeah, exactly. that you could have had. It's so true. They're all just floating out in this fucking weird-ass plane. Right. And uh, orcs and goblins are fighting and, over them. And the cubes, they crash into each other regularly. It's said that the smaller cubes are... Some of the more ancient cubes that have just been whittled down slowly over time from crashing into each other. Okay, this, yeah. this D8 has turned this D8 has turned into a, a D6. D4. Yeah, or a D4. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Maglubiet dwells within a carved out metallic cube known as Klangor. Klangor is an extremely well defended domain covered in protective walls and towers and cities. Um, and within the cube is a massive sprawling barracks manned by the immortal army, including a massive wolf slash warg warrens where the elite wolf riders keep their mounts. Okay. So, I mean, we talked about this in the goblin episode, but like goblins are notorious warg riders. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of wargs, I guess when they die, their souls come here too. Cause he's also the God of wargs. To, I guess. To Akron. Yeah. Uh, so is, is it made of like episode on wargs? Is it made of like D20s or something? What was what Whatever, the, these, this war barracks area you were describing? And no, all that stuff? Like it's all it's all like they're caverns carved throughout this entire cube. 
So oh. imagine like so it's one big D twenty, but they've like whittled their way through <laughs> sure, it. Sure, exactly. Like the hungry, like, hungry caterpillar. It's like these weird. It's like these weird metallic caverns. Okay, um, nice. So I guess it would be similar to like where the goblins lived in life, but all made of metal. Do you ever wonder what's inside your dice making them roll bad? The the minions of Maglubiet. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> So embedded into one of the faces of Klangor is the mighty fortress of Shetring, uh, an enormous bulwark. Did of you say Shetring? No, I did not. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's spelt Shet. Shet is an E and not I. Ring. And it's all one word. Shetring. Mm-hmm. It's a bad name. Let's just be real here. <laughs> it's a bad name. Yep. But, you sure know, is. here we are. So <laughs> Shetring is an enormous <laughs> bulwark of steel with a mighty river running through it. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want a mighty river running through my shit ring. Shit ring. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you. This fruit hangs so low. So the river is called <laughs> Lorfang. And uh, five mighty bridges provide access to the fortress from both sides of the river. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this river wells up from a spring and passes through the fortress and then plunges into the heart of the cube. At the bottom of this waterfall, Maglubiet dwells within. I'm doing my best over here, man. I'm doing my best trying to keep it together and not go down, yeah, the, not go down the poop joke hole. So Maglubiet oh God. dwells within a foggy, wet iron cavern. <laughs> I can't do this. Stop the show. Stop the show. Help. Maglubiet dwells in the bowels of Klingor. You need to start that sentence over. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'll stand by what I said. So. Uh, that's fine. So okay. McLeviat's, uh, oh, yeah, so that's where he lives. I don't know if you got any questions about that. I have a question about what you just quick. said. Can we get that last Do you bit want again? Me to just say the whole thing again? Yeah, for cohesiveness so I okay, can like, get right, the whole right. thought without So like, the river wells up from a spring, passes through the fortress, and then plunges into the heart of the cube. At the bottom of this waterfall, McLeviat dwells within a foggy, wet iron cavern. Got it. Got it. Cool. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, my last point is just a little bit on like the general like clergy of Maglubiet. Um And so Maglubiet's clergy is primarily, primarily made up of goblinoid priests and shaman that filled their lord's divine command for blood sacrifices. It said that with every sacrifice made in his name, uh, grants him strength. The life force essentially goes to him whenever they make these sacrifices. Okay, cool. Who are they sacrificing? Each other? <sighs> Uh, sometimes each other, you know, like uh, criminals and, okay. and stuff, but mostly uh, enemies, like captured enemies and stuff like that. Okay. Also, I think just the act of attacking um, your foe, like the blood you spill in war, I think <laughs> that also powers. And he's a war god, so if you commit war, it's going to help him out okay. in general. Yeah. Although there's a lot of war gods in D&D, <laughs> so like... Is that like portioned out? Does Bane get a little? And then oh, the gets a little. So there's like this one pool of war power and like everybody right. that does more war gets like a bigger piece allotted to uh, them. That's what whatever. I'm asking. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But also in Forgotten Realms, Maglubia is actually an exarch of Bane. Um, but then Bane died and I think Bane's back, but I don't really know the story of Bane. So I'm not going to get into it. Have you seen the one with Jet Li? Yes. You know how he has to like eat himself for power? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't eat himself, but yeah, he's the murderer. He could. Yeah, he could, I suppose. It's all the same, but he's he's basically like his energy is all spread out through these different copies of himself. And as he kills them, like the power returns to the remaining copies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's how I'm thinking. Yeah, I could see it kind of being like that between the war gods. Yeah, if if one war god kills all the other ones, he's definitely going to become way more powerful. Yeah, if you're if you're winning the war, then you get more power for war or something. Right, right. 
So yeah, any other questions about Magloob yet? Um, man, nah. <laughs> like, All right. Well, would that so, be? Well, go ahead. Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, let's get ready for our long rest. Okay. Before we go, I just want to urge you all to please check out our 5e D&D Live Play, Super Quest Saga. It's a show where we here at the Dungeon Cast sit around the table and play Dungeons & Dragons. Specifically, it's a sci-fi space adventure, although still extremely um, attached to fantasy. I, I would call it more of a future fantasy adventure. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. Um, the audience is loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving DMing it. And yeah, man. I roll my D20, and I just kind of, like, narratively figure out what to do. Yeah, indeed. It's and, great. And uh, if you guys are interested in seeing us play, you should check that out. The link is in the description. Come watch Josh Freeland throw the biggest fucking dice I've ever seen. So true. It hits the table so My so heavy. God. <laughs> and with that being said. Yeah, let's call it let's a game. Let's call it a game. Bye. We'll talk to you guys later. Check out our merch store. <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.